Hello and welcome to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on this glorious overreaction Monday. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show in the Odyssey app. Watch the show on twitch.tv slash BetQL on YouTube and follow us on X at BetQL Daily. Joining us on the show today, Alex Christensen, a.k.a. Noops. He's got a bunch down score bets for the Monday night slate between the Saints and Panthers and the Browns and the Steelers. We will also share our thoughts on those games, bets we really, really like, sides, totals, prop bets, all sorts of fantastic stuff because we are blessed to get a doubleheader for Monday Night Football. But first, as I mentioned, it's time for Overreaction Monday. And week two was fantastic for a number of reasons. But as far as takeaways we have from this Sunday, Joe, where would you like to start? Oh, I could go anywhere. But what about when we take a step back from week number two and we look at the results and how they got there, I wouldn't say there were a ton that were shocking, except for the Giants and the Cardinals, the most exciting game of the day. <laughs> hey, we could throw the commands uh, game in there as well. But, uh, yeah, a couple of, of games that looked like they were just going to be vomit fest, ended up being the most thrilling games of the day. And maybe because you have bad teams, that's why you had those big comebacks. But uh, the Giants, I was shocked. We talked all week about the survivor options, and we knew people would be on the Giants. But I never thought that they would be of, of – when you have three games that have point spreads of at least a touchdown, I never looked at the Giants being shut out on national TV – in week number one on Sunday night as them being the second most popular option. But that's what they were in every survivor pool. It was the case in my survivor pool. It was the same thing with Circa. And I, I would say that after two weeks, it's been very chalky at the top. But still, you know, people are, you can make the argument, getting a little bit too cute as we're still trying to figure out what the heck these teams are right now. Uh, it, it's funny, people make up their minds in the offseason. They think they know everything about these teams. And uh, I think one thing that we have learned through two weeks is the, John, the Cardinals are not as bad as we all thought they were. I don't Amen. know what the organization plans on doing to lose games. We'll see what if they do anything at all moving forward. But the Cardinals fight, and that's not a team that I want to go against the whole lot. It was a, a different Giants offensive team that showed up in the second half of that game. Yeah, the Cardinals, I was surprised. They are not as bad as I thought as well, which is definitely interesting. Another team that I was, I guess not surprised, but I think this feels different is the Bengals starting 0-2. I know they started 0-2 before, but this yeah. time around, I don't feel as good about it. And you mentioned the Cardinals. Mm. I was looking at the Bengals schedule. They have the Cardinals and some really scrappy teams coming up on the schedule. It, of course, Joe Burrow, you see him using the Theragun on the sidelines. He tweaks his calf. I, I'm just worried about this Bengals team all around. That was my concern. And then the one guy that I did expect to bounce back, Josh Allen, uh, there was a cute little picture of a yes. uh, a family, some kids holding up a sign. Week one was a lie. Uh, that is one situation that did <laughs> not surprise me, but happy to see, you know, the bounce back performance for Josh Allen. But the Burrow one uh, worries me, Ed, moving forward. 
Yeah, it does for me too, for a variety of reasons. And I'll get to some numbers as far as uh, why we should be worried about a calf injury, aside from just a lack of mobility in just a bit. But as far as uh, my big headline from week two, I know there are a lot of folks out there who want to believe that the Dallas Cowboys are the best team in football. And as someone who has covered this team for a long time and who lived in Dallas for an even longer period, of, it's very easy to buy into the hype. There are a lot of things you can point to as to why the Cowboys are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. But the problem is the teams that they've played through the first two weeks are terrible. Strength Mm -hmm. of schedule is probably one of those overrated metrics that we cite a lot in the NFL. It's only overrated because we keep citing them in week 16, 17, 18. That's when it becomes overrated. But in the first two weeks, no, perfectly legitimate to say, hey, who have you played up to this point? Because, Joe, as you mentioned, the Giants nearly lost to the Cardinals. The Jets have Zach Wilson as their quarterback. You can't tell me through these first two weeks that other fantastic teams would have had similar performances. Now, granted, we have other great teams like the Chiefs who, you know, they're sputtering a little bit. But I do feel like that if the Eagles had this start to the slate, they would look similar. If the 49ers had this slate, they would look similar. I mean, heck, mm-hmm. you know, Philadelphia was number one among among all NFC teams in my power rankings coming into Thursday. And I would not be surprised if it stays that way because of who the Cowboys have beaten. And I like Micah Parsons. Many reasons to like Micah Parsons. Big fan and supporter of Dak Prescott. But I think we need to be careful when it comes to how we evaluate the Cowboys. We need to see what they can do against a deep receiving core because they're playing a lot of man mm-hmm. coverage so far. A lot of man coverage. Let's see what they do when they have to respect wide receiver two, wide receiver three. It can't just be about, you know, containing Garrett Wilson and then that's fine. No, we need to see how they do against a group of good wide receivers where they're forced to play a little bit more zone. Now, if they beat them or they're in it with them, then yes, the Cowboys are the best team in football. But until that happens, I think we need to slow our roll a little bit uh, pertaining to Dallas, Joe. Agree 100%, but I would also point out that uh, the big state in the offseason, one of them on Dallas is, well, Dak's got to cool down on the interceptions. He has zero through two games. That's commendable. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lamb pours up, pours in 143 yesterday against the secondary that, that's regarded as one of the best, if not the best, in football. So I do want to give them their credit. But, yeah, I mean, Tampa's 2-0. and Why? Because they played Minnesota and Chicago, two teams that can't stop it. No. You know, last night, the Patriots go 0-2. They got stuck with the Eagles and the Dolphins. I mean, we could sit here and make the argument that the Patriots' first two games of the year are against two top five, top seven teams. So your overall point about how much strength of schedule matters, oh, it does. And Aaron, I mean, we're going to talk a ton this week about these teams that are off to 2-0 and those desperate 0-2 teams going into week three. There was a moment yesterday when the Cardinals were up like 13 nothing in the first half against the Giants. I'm like, if the terrible Cardinals are beating the Giants, what does this say about the Cowboys <laughs> when they beat them 40 to nothing? I'm so glad I did not text you guys about that because I know you guys are higher on the Cowboys. And I was like, you know, I'm not really in a fighting mood. I just want to have a chill Sunday. And then the Giants started coming back. The Giants actually so looked like a totally different team. You know, yeah. uh, in that second half, that that kind of gives me a little hope for this Giants team. But 
I don't know they'll make the playoffs. It, they look really bad. All offseason, we thought the Giants would take a step back, and then, whew, I wasn't expecting it to be like this. Yeah. That's, this is like yeah. fall off of a cliff territory until they started climbing back and won that game. I was like, that Giants team is terrible if the, if the Cardinals are up uh, 13 nothing. It was crazy to see that. Oh, I got a stat for you, Aaron, when it comes to how Daniel Jordan in the second half against the Cardinals. From OptiStats, our friends at OptiStats, I guess, Daniel Jones became the first quarterback ever to throw for more than 250 yards, rush for more than 50 yards, throw for two at least two touchdowns, rush for a touchdown, and not turn the ball over all in one half. And guess what? He was required to do all of those things to complete the comeback against the Cardinals. This is insane to me that, you know, it's gotten this bad this quickly for them. And yeah, I get, you know, there were some key injuries, especially along the offensive line. But Joe, I think when we're evaluating the Cardinals, going back to your point about how they're not as bad as we thought they were, I think Mm -hmm. one of the things that we forget about the Cardinals is, All right, Jonathan Gannon, their head coach. What do we know about him? Well, he's a bad motivational speaker, and that's about (laughs) it. Well, actually, look at his history here, Joe. It's like he was the defensive coordinator for the Eagles the last two seasons. And if I recall, that Eagles defense was excellent. They did everything well. The pass rush was epic. The secondary included defensive backs who were playing out of their minds, getting guys who were okay throughout their careers and turning them into super-duper stars. Jonathan Gannon knows defense, and that Cardinals pass rush is really formidable, and they are going to win games because of that. Yep, and we've seen that in both of their uh, games so far this season. You know, on the Giants' front, it was almost burn it all down, right? We were a half away from that in New York. They were open the season being outscored 60-0. to 60 to zero. I think the uh, the Giants' first half is closer to reality, actually. And if you look at their next four, first off, a- a- after that incredible comeback, thank you, Giants. I appreciate you. I've never been so happy after a Giants victory. But they've they're going to San Francisco on Thursday. Short turnaround: yeah. San Francisco, Seattle, Miami, Buffalo. They're probably going to be one in five in short order here. So, uh, I, yeah, I was like, oh, man, I was against the Giants all summer. I think I was right on that. And then here they are. They're going to get me. They're going to get me in Survivor. I, I feel, feel very strongly, though, that they're going to be last place in the, AFC, the NFC East. Yeah, I'm with you. Really quick, Saquon also injuring his ankle needs an MRI. You see him really upset on the sideline, but you aren't the only one happy. I mean, I thought the Giants were celebrating like they won the Super Bowl after that comeback. (laughs) I would be happy too, judging by the way they started the season with the first six quarters were awful, but not a lot to look forward to for the Mm -hmm. G-Men, Ed. Yeah, no, not at all. The the live line was 12 to 1 if anybody... That uh, I was certainly not recommending that on 
on the radio yesterday. But uh, yeah, if anybody took that, then uh, good on you. Uh, congratulations on your win there. Let's move on now. Uh, Aaron, you mentioned uh, the Bengals and their 0-2 start. And not all 0-2 starts are created equal, but this one looks really dire in large part because it looks like Joe Burrow aggravated his calf injury. He entered halftime of Sunday's game against the Ravens with just 35 passing yards. He had fewer than 100 in game one, 35 passing yards uh, by halftime of week number two. And as we hear from Ian Rappaport here, things are not looking good for the Bengals signal. Talk about Joe Burrow, of course, the Cincinnati Bengals starting quarterback, one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. Seems like the calf injury that he suffered early on in training camp that we all thought was fine may not be fine, may be affecting Joe Burrow. And the fact that he kind of tweaked it at the end of the game at least gives a big question mark for his availability this coming week. Yeah, uh, tough break for him, tough break for this uh, Bengals offense. And when I look at how he's performed through his first two weeks, Joe, he has 74 passing yards on intermediate and deep throws with a passer rating of 21. So greater than 10 air yards, things are looking really, really bad for him. And I blame the calf injury for that. It's not just a lack of mobility. Mm -hmm. It's more of a push-off because you got to use your, own, your whole body to be able to throw that far, uh, especially if you're throwing it into a tight window, which, you know, it tends to happen with, with these receivers because you trust them. But if he's having that much trouble getting it down the field, then it's all checkdowns. And if they're all checkdowns and the defense knows this, then they can contain those checkdowns. So ultimately, the Bengals can't do very much just because Joe Burrow has a really tough injury. Uh, about halfway through the game, T. Higgins was putting up a goose egg once again. But now he finally got involved and he ended up scoring a couple touchdowns. But when it's all checkdowns, you can't get to Jamar Chase. He can't break the game open. And we're talking about an offensive line that has had issues for years. So if Burrow's not getting the protection, he's already hobbled to start the season, it's a real concern. I mean, we took it for granted. Oh, he's going to be out there. That means he's 100% healthy. Uh, and not so much the case. What's not being talked about, and I understand why, because it's Burrow. It's a guy that people think is going to win an MVP. He's going to win them a Super Bowl at some point. They're getting gashed on the ground. 178 by Baltimore yesterday, over 200 in week one against Cleveland. And, you know, part of the reason, a big part of the reason that I was on the Bengals is I was just expecting the bounce back. I was taking for granted that, that the calf was going to be just fine. It was only going to improve. Uh, bravo, John Harbaugh, though. This isn't just a Burrow story. Missing six starters yesterday, six at some of the most impactful positions, including center, Offensive tackle, OBJ goes down. Wow, what the Ravens were able to do on the road in the division to get that victory was huge. I think I just expected Burrow to bounce back after the appendectomy, but he didn't even rule out last night that he may have to be nursing this injury all season long. And the fact he missed the preseason and training camp, like it, it does really concern me. Especially with that division, you cannot get too far behind because there are too many teams that we like. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we continue our Week 2 autopsy, looking at the passing, rushing, and receiving leaders in Week 2 right here on the BetQL Network.